Welcome back to another Bolts Radio Preview. I'm Stephen Cusimano bringing you up to speed with the latest in Lightning hockey and around the NHL. The Lightning are coming off of back-to-back -back losses on their latest road trip to the top two teams in the Central Division. The first place Minnesota Wild, who they lost to on Sunday by a score of 4-2, and the St. Louis Blues, who they lost to in a shootout on Tuesday night, 4-3, a game where head coach John Cooper learned just two hours before puck drop that the team would be without Captain Steven Stamkos, who flew back to Tampa expecting the birth of his second child. Already without two of his top scorers, Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point, Cooper talked about the added challenge that came with this unexpected news. You know, he found out probably like maybe two hours before the game. And so, uh, yeah, then that was that was tough. And obviously losing Stammer, the player's tough, but you know, to lose a centerman, and then we were down to three, that's, uh, that's you know, pretty taxing on those guys. And I'm not sure Belmar's ever played that much, that many minutes in a game before. Alex Kalorn also talked about how difficult it was to overcome the loss of their star center. Guys play a lot more minutes. I think uh, you think about our PK, a lot of forwards are playing probably a lot more minutes than, than they typically play. But, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. And like you said, there's some guys that were not natural centers that were playing center. It's more experience for guys. You kind of just try to get through it, to be honest. Um, knowing that the, the guys are going to be back and healthy soon. While the Lightning didn't end up winning the game, the first period couldn't have started out better for them. They flashed out to a 3 to nothing lead, three first period goals in the first five and a half minutes, the first of those goals looking to be the first of Taylor Radish's NHL career. We take you back in the action with Dave Mishkin on the call at Enterprise Center in St. Louis. Plot shovels it in. 90 seconds in, no score. So really after the puck on the forecheck, can he hold this in? Yes. He'll feed it to the center point, Jan Ruda. Shoots Abe Bennington. Even Taylor Radish at the right circle. Cycles for Palat, right circle. Andre Palat protects it. Back at the right point. A little shot loose in front. Radish gets it. Takes it behind the net, trying to stuff it in. Save Bennington. Rebound Hedman left circle. Holds. Shoots. Blocked in front. Rebound Radish. Shoots. Is it in? Score! Taylor Radish! Later on, the goal would officially be credited to Anthony Sorelli, his seventh of the season, with Victor Hedman picking up assist number 16 and Radish picking up the first of two assists on the night. Cooper said that the team had a pretty good idea that the on-ice ruling would be changed. I, I think the guys knew, though. Yeah. So it was uh, it's tough, though, because you know I know how much he wants it, and he had some chances tonight. Just It's going to come at some point. The ribbing came when the guy announced the public address announcer said his first goal and everybody on the bench knew it wasn't. So that's where, <laughs> that's where it came, uh, came into play. Sorelli would go on to play a game-high 25 minutes and 6 seconds, and John Cooper praised his efforts as well as the rest of the team on a night where they only played with 11 forwards and managed to hold their own. I thought he was the best player on the ice for either team tonight. He, he did everything to help us win a game, but again, you play that many minutes, it's, uh, it can be taxing. That's why we had some success we've had over a couple of years, because you've got players like Tony and you know, a bunch of other guys in that room, and can't just single him out. Uh, I've been there before, and they give you, you know, some some big games when you need them, and you know, we're gonna look back at this and be extremely disappointed we didn't get two points out of it, but come over with one, and. Get another crack at him in 48 hours. Then the Lightning would go on to break a franchise record, scoring two goals in a span of five seconds, the first of which was Corey Perry's third goal of the season and his second straight game with a goal. Barbashev, a pass block, but Sorelli follows up at the right point. Process Andre Palatlov circle. Tees it up, shoots, tipped wide right by Perry. Rebound is handled by Kalorn. At the right circle, center point Hedman, now to Palatlov circle. The corner Perry. Perry trying to center it, Kalorn in the slot, center point headman, right circle Kalorn, shoots off the post, SCORE! Perry on the rebound! The Lightning are absolutely rolling right now. 
Corey Perry has goals in back-to-back -back games, three of the last four. And he's got points in five consecutive games. That shot off the post, and Perry was right there behind Bennington to put it into an open net. Kalorn and Sorelli picked up assists on the power play goal, and then on the next faceoff, Eric Chernak tried to dump the puck in, and it ended up getting into the net. Lightning get a huge save from Elliott on the Sunquist chance. Then Sunquist takes the penalty, and the Lightning score to make it 2-0. Score! Chernak dumped this in, and it hit off the far boards and got through Bennington. Well, everything is working for the Lightning right now. From there, things pretty much unraveled for the Lightning as goaltender Jordan Bennington kept them off the scoreboard, and St. Louis tacked on two goals by the end of the second period. Braden Shen by the net. He is bumped off by Ruda. Ruda gets help from Hedman, lost it. Shen, left circle, Kairou. A feed to the slide, O'Reilly shoots, blocked. He chases that rebound and lay it back to Kairou, left point. Right point, Pareko, right circle, Jordan Kairou. Kairou zigzags to the right corner. Put it in front, O'Reilly score! O'Reilly was left open, and the Lightning were maybe gassed a little bit after the icing. And Ryan O'Reilly gets St. Louis on the board to make it 3-1. Taylor Radish deals it out, Chernak to center. Outside feed, Colton rolls this in, banging it out to Sunquist to Logan Brown. Back for Sunquist across the blue line. The left circle, Brown. Shoot, score! That crossed up Elliott, and Logan Brown just called up from the minors has made it 3-2. And then just over a minute into the third period, Ivan Barbashev scored the game-tying goal on a power play. The straw is won by the Lightning, but Hedman just taps it up the far boards. Buchnevich a keep. Center point, it's Perunovic. Left point, Pavel Buchnevich back for Scott Perunovic. Center point, will step left circle. High slot shot score, Barbashev. Through the pads of Elliott, while the Lightning actually won the draw, but did not execute the clear, Blues held it in. And Ivan Barbashev scores the power play goal to get this game tied at three. Neither team could break through in overtime, and the St. Louis Blues would end up winning it in a shootout two to nothing. The final score of the game being four to three. And John Cooper, along with the game's starting goaltender, Brian Elliott, gave their thoughts on how the game played out. I don't know. We only gave up two odd man rushes in the night, and I thought uh, we made just colossal mistakes. First goal, just a huge error. And second one, turnover. Just bad decision coming up ice, and third one was another PK error, and that's they they give them credit. They took advantage of, uh, of a couple errors, but I wouldn't wrap the whole game around. You know, we played poorly, we went to overtime, we had our chances, and uh, we didn't get it done. In in this league, when you get a lead like that, should you shut it down? There's no question you should. But we when you make errors like that, you know, we didn't didn't feel like we had to make them earn. You know, those goals we. We were a big part of why they scored them, so that's uh, that's on us. And but you know, you come down to it, we have three centers in the game. Guys are playing monster minutes when you only have 11 forwards. Uh, it was a good thing we got the lead because we were a tired group at the end there. They kind of shut us down a little bit. We, I think, you know, it's human nature to take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit when you get an early lead like that. And I thought, you know, we did a good job answering after after they answered and. You know, it was a tight game out there. You know, we got a point. You know, we don't want to leave one out there, but, you know, we got another big game against the same team coming up here at home. So, you know, those are going to be the big points too. So, you know, right back at it. Ryan McDonough and Alex Kalorn also added their thoughts and talked about what they can do differently tonight. Great start and, um, you know, made a couple of a couple of mistakes to get them uh, some looks and, and, you know, in the end, 
we like our spot there going into the third up 3-2 and can't get out of that uh, PK there and um, you know after that it was you know just a goal goaltending duel there for sure and uh, both both goalies played great tonight and you know we would have loved to have found a way there with uh, maybe the power play and but at the end of the day I thought both goalies played really well and denied all our looks. We've got to learn to, uh, you know, simplify in those situations, generate some shots, generate some in-zone time, and, and slowly uh, let our game kind of take back over. I think we started the game pretty good. Um, when you look at our shots, we were, we, we had a good start to the game. It seems like they kind of woke up, and you know, they played really well after you know the, the second period. So. There's certain things we could do in our D zone we looked at, and offensively, we just got to keep creating shots because there, there was a certain amount of time where we didn't have a shot on net for, you know, you know whatever period of time it was, and um, it's tough to win doing that. It's tough for the other team to score when you're playing in their offensive zone. So um, I think you can get in trouble when you get a lead and try to sit back and try to hold the lead instead of playing aggressively. One of the bright spots in this game was forward Gabriel Fortier, who made his NHL debut in place of the injured Matthew Joseph. Fortier logged nearly 10 minutes, including a shift in overtime, and head coach John Cooper said that he was impressed with what he saw. I really liked his game, and, and you know, speed was a factor. I think the big thing for me was, I don't know, somebody ran over him in the neutral zone, and instead of you know putting his tail between his legs, and he went right back after him, and uh, I, I liked that in him. Uh, the kid was, he was gritty and, and then, you know, as that game went on, he drew a big penalty uh, in the third for us and we couldn't capitalize on it, but enough that he earned his way in the overtime and so I liked his game. Alex Kalorn also added that he was impressed with Fortier. I like the way he played. You know, at the beginning he gets hit and makes a hit and then he's skating really well. He makes some good plays coming down, down the end and almost, you know, had a couple of nice assists, so um, look forward to playing with him tonight. This morning, Fortier gave his overall thoughts on how his NHL debut played out. Honestly, I wasn't expecting to play in the NHL this year, so for me to, to be, to got the call up first, and then uh, when they told me I was going to play, I was just excited and just a surreal moment for me. Oh, it was fun, excited for sure, uh, just just happy to to be able to play my first game was awesome moments. You just you just work day by day. You you think about what's what's today on what's the plan today, and don't think about the future or anything else. So when I went back to Syracuse, I was I was playing well, and I was just focusing on on the next game, the next practice, and I think that's that's how I, I did well. It was fun. You you always want to be in those uh, important moments like overtime. So it was it was nice to get the the tap to go on, and uh, yeah, just. Whenever I get the tap, I'll, I'll go on and do my job. He also talked about the range of emotions and getting the call from the Lightning while he was sitting at home to getting stranded in Charlotte overnight and not arriving in St. Louis until the morning of the game. I think I was nervous when I got the call from, from Stacy. Like I was on the plane, I was just thinking about so many things and you hear stories when you get your first call up, it's never perfect. So I mean, to get stuck at Charlotte, I think it was just normal. The next day when I got to St. Louis, I was just focused on, on the game and being, uh, being prepared to play to play well. I made like a group call with my girlfriend and my parents because I, I didn't want anyone to, to be mad. But my parents didn't answer, so it was my, my girlfriend first. Now turning the page to tonight's game, the Lightning went 0-1-1 on their road trip and John Cooper gave his thoughts on the road trip as a whole. I think there was good stretches uh, in both games for us, especially on the road. Mini stung, 10 minutes, tied game with 10 minutes to go. We don't get any points out of it. Uh, this one, obviously, we had the, the lead in the first five minutes and you know just got one out of it. So, you know, missed opportunities for us 
But if we were going to judge our game and situation we were, I think we did a lot of good things. Played well enough to win them both. And 82-game season, it's going to go sometimes with you that way and sometimes it's not, which makes tonight even more imperative at home. And now we've had a look at them, and hopefully we can change the result. So now the Lightning and the Blues will square off for a second straight game, this time tonight at Amelie Arena, as the Lightning enter at 12-5-4, 28 points on the season, ranking third in the Atlantic Division, and the Blues with 27 points, 12-7-3 their record, with Tuesday night's game having been the first time in a while that the Lightning and Blues had faced each other. John Cooper talked about what, if anything, changed about this team the last time he saw them and how they could possibly apply that tonight. The way they play, no, just there was the personnel. And we were doing our line sheet, so we had it, you know, we always have it saved from the last time you played them and it was considerably different. <laughs> so Steen was on the sheet. <laughs> so, and he's been out of the league for a little while now. So it's, uh, that was the big difference, but Bruby hasn't changed his philosophy. They still try and play below the dots, play hard, and you know, they don't turn it over that often. They're 200 foot team and that hasn't changed, just personnel. To be honest, like we played Minnesota two days earlier and it was very similar playing the exact same team. So, where they're big, they're heavy, they want the puck. I mean, we should be used to this now. It's uh, this will be three in a row for us. Another one of the breaking storylines coming into this game is that St. Louis Blues starting goalie, Jordan Bennington, who started in net against the Lightning on Tuesday night, was added to the COVID-19 protocol list and will not be starting tonight. Here's what St. Louis GM Doug Armstrong had to say about the situation. Jordan uh, has tested positive for COVID, so he's going to go in the COVID protocol. We put out a release that we've recalled uh, Charlie Lindgren. That's actually going to be tomorrow under league rules. Tonight we're going to use an emergency backup. Uh, Craig and I talked to him uh, about 20 minutes ago. I had a good conversation. He had a morning skate today with his beer league guys, and he said he was on fire and ready to go. So we're excited to have him in here. Uh, he's excited, and it's just one of those things you just have to roll with. Because of, you know, we have prawn out, our injuries and our COVID and another COVID, uh, we don't have the cap space to bring a guy up for tonight. Uh, and under league rules, uh, we'll use Tampa's emergency guy, and then uh, tomorrow we'll bring up Charlie. So just wanted to clarify why uh, Charlie won't be in the lineup tonight. It's it's uh, uh, cap-related. So there you have it. Jordan Bennington positive for COVID-19 just two days after a win against the Lightning. So it'll be Billy Huso in net for the fifth time this season for St. Louis. So far, he's 3-1 and one with a 1.76 goals against average and a 9.36 save percentage. And the emergency backup goalie, Kyle Conan, could be in effect tonight should Huso run into any complications. On the Lightning side of things, John Cooper gave a few injury updates of his own, starting by saying that Matthew Joseph, who sustained a lower body injury in the game against Minnesota while the team was on the road, is still day-to-day -day and could make his return on the upcoming five-game, eight-day road. Road trip. Here's also what he had to say about the more long-term injuries for Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. Same timetable. He's probably after the new year. Well, he's inching towards that, but nothing to write home about. Can we say that? <laughs> Point's the same too. Point the same. Yeah, the yeah. They're uh, they're still a ways away. You might be before though. You think? Uh, pointer. Yeah. Yeah. So the Lightning looking to get back in the win column with Andre Vasilevsky in between the pipes. Puck drop with Dave Mishkin and Phil Esposito on the call will happen at 7 o'clock. And the pregame report with Greg Linnelli will take place starting at 6.30 right here on Lightning Radio. This has been another Bolts Radio Preview. I'm Stephen Cusimano.